Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm Erin. And I'm Francesca. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to The Lady Cave, where ladies do as they please, and we find out how it's done. Oh, hey. Hi. We're back in The Lady Cave today to interview our final lady of this season. Wow, that all happened so fast. So fast. And I mean, podcasting's cool, but I really just wish our listeners could see us right now. Maybe we should start a vlog. You just want to start a vlog so people can see us crushing the jumpsuit game, don't you? Pretty much. I feel invincible in this thing. I'm not sure if it's a jumpsuit or if I'm still high off the indigo diaphemes from upstate, but I totally feel you on the invincibility. Well, I'm glad you're with me, but I love learning about the humble beginnings of our last week's phenomenal guest, Kaylin Kaminsky. I know from Shibori dying in bathtubs to a successful nationwide operation, her story was as dreamy and organic as a piece of upstate clothing. Similar to Kaylin, our guest this week is a badass Brooklyn-based designer whose designs we've coveted since they very first appeared. Every time I wear an Elena Cohn jumpsuit, magical things happen. I think they come with jumpsuit powers. Would you go so far as to call them power jumpsuits? But beyond the life-changing jumpsuits, Elena is one of the most fun and creative people you could imagine meeting. Seriously, we had way too much fun chatting with her and maybe a little wine. And a lot of conversations about cats. But also really important things like how she started her own business and her career as an illustrator. Are you trying to say cats aren't profoundly important? Because I think Elena would take issue with that. Well, regardless, please enjoy the hilarious and heavenly Elena Cohn. moment to cheers Let's you cheers. thank you so much okay welcome to the lady cave elena we've been coveting your jumpsuits and pretty much everything you've made for years and we are so excited thank to you. finally hear about how this amazingness came to be okay you seem like the perfect new yorker effortlessly fashionable and confident Bitchy. So, yeah all of it <laughs> i mean i wasn't gonna go there but if you want to go there like um it. where did you grow up and what was your childhood like i grew up in arlington virginia um, I'd say my childhood was pretty, pretty standard, like really nothing out of the ordinary. My mom worked at a, a bank. My dad was an engineer. Now he works in human resources. So they are no, nobody like in my immediate family doing anything particularly creative, but they always encouraged me with my, the weird things I wanted to, you know, getting into drawing and painting and like cutting up fabric or whatever in the house, always doing kind of creative stuff. My mom totally indulged my thrift store hunting as a kid where I would just get the stuff and kind of chop it up and always really liked clothes. And they, they, were, they were totally fine with that. So being an entrepreneur and a creative force, obviously, it takes a lot of courage because you're putting yourself out there and people Or can... being naive. Or being naive. I think that's an important part of it. <laughs> More really. naivete than, than being courageous, I'd say. Definitely. And so you're saying that your parents weren't inherently creative but they definitely let you be creative. Where do you think you got this from or where? There's it... definitely a lot of very, very creative people on both sides of the family. And I mean, my dad, even though he he's, you know, works in HR now, he was an engineer before that. So I think that's pretty creative in a very different way, but my mom always jokes it skipped a generation. <laughs> <laughs> so you had many careers before you entered into the fashion world. So what were some of your um, adventures before you got into the world. So I was an editorial illustrator for close to a decade. Uh, it's like working for, you know, just doing primarily for like editorial work, like, uh, New York times, New Yorker and stuff like that. Really small names. Totally. And a lot of small names. The New Yorker, the New York times, those were like the worst paying clients. The good good money is like (laughs) 
Teachers Weekly or something like that. The most, like, unglamorous work pays the money. Then the recession happened, and publishing just went, like, completely off the cliff, and I got left kind of going, oh my god, what, like, literally overnight, work just dried up. Granted, I think creatively, I really felt like I'd hit a wall with that. You know, you could only spend so many hours of your day painting pictures of lawyers falling into nets or shaking hands. <laughs> and you're just like, really, is this, this is what I want to put all of my creative energy into? And I just kind of was, had to kind of step back and reevaluate that. And I decided that I didn't even want to deal with that kind of world anymore. So I went back to school for historic preservation, so like historic architecture. And while I was there not painting and drawing, I got very bored, started sewing, and then one thing led to another, and I, by the time I was ready to graduate, I said, the hell with this, I'm going to pursue fashion full-time. And it just kind of went from there. So you taught yourself to sew, and did you have any formal fashion? No formal or... fashion. Wow. Just, I'm making it Learned, I've pants. been very, very lucky to find people who've been very patient with me on the production side, and other designers who've been very generous with information and being patient with me and explaining things to me. Okay, that leads into my next question because to me, the fashion world of, and the fashion industry at large in New York is terrifying and no. incredibly intimidating. <laughs> Maybe the corporate fashion world, but the world I'm a part of is incredibly supportive and wonderful. Like, I, I mean, it's so much more supportive and wonderful than the illustration world ever wow. was. I find that more often than not, women want to help each other. So it's mainly women who've been mostly. Like, your maybe maybe or... that's the difference in deep fashion and corporate fashion. I don't know, but I found it to be extremely supportive and lovely for the most part. Like you'll find a nasty one in there sometimes, but like ninety nine percent of the time, people are really wonderful and want to help each other. So who have been some of like your main supporters or mentors? Kind of Ace and Jig way? across the board. Uh, I met them right around the time I launched my first collection. We made some plans to do some stuff that totally fell through, but, like, we were friends ever since. And, like, the fact that I remember calling Jenna one night and being like, I just got this invoice and it says net 30. What is that? And she didn't laugh at me. She's just like, okay, which is, like, the most dumb, dumb question I could have asked. But she just, like, was like, all right, just be saying 30 days pay you. And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) And just, like, other times that they've been, like, happy to get on the phone with me and just, like, you know, talk things out, and, like, right now I'm in this kind of no-man's land, like, I'm like a teenager just, like, sprouting hormones right now in my business. <laughs> <laughs> like, your voice is changing. Angsty. Yeah, it's like, you're, like, trying to feel out this new terrain. Like, the growing pains. Yeah, like, okay, shit, we need more infrastructure, this is really expensive, how do we juggle this? Like, we're, you know, all of a sudden, you, you know, all of your money is going into infrastructure, but you're trying to keep up with, like, cash flow. And it's just like, oh, my God, what's happening? And they warned me this was going to happen. Oh, and here we are. So now we kind of have to muddle through this and, you know. Do you have, like, a team of, like, cat accountants and people who are, like, doing all that? Oh, yeah. Harry, Mo, and Lily are a huge help. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, you don't do any of that, like, accounting or business I'm actually very lucky that my mom helped. She retired last year. And Mom she is out. at home working on my cutting tickets as they speak. She's the one who does all the software. She uh, does the accounting part of it and keeps the books. Already starting a business is so challenging. And then much less it was an industry that you've had to familiarize yourself with every piece of it down to the, like the jargon, the lingo, like net 30 and down to. I'm still learning. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm my sure. assistant who is a formally trained, she's formally trained in fashion. So like every day 
she'll be saying mm. something like, we should fix the sweep. And I'm like, what? What? And she'll like have to sit down and explain to me. This is like stuff that's happened like two weeks ago. Awesome. It's We're like every little bit of karma I ever collected in this lifetime has like coalesced into her. <laughs> amazing. She Bob. is amazing. I love you, Mabel. <laughs> Mabel, shout out. Um, okay. And can we also talk about at what point you switched from buying fabrics to designing your own textiles and what that process is like? That was summer 12 when I officially launched. I kind of like technically like summer 10 was the first collection but that is i have completely obliterated that from that was when i was handmade and was buying textiles had no idea what i was doing with a shitty pattern drafter and meh. you were learning <laughs> yeah yeah but i think when i decided when i finally kind of made that concrete decision okay this is what we're doing not not sort of preservation i said okay i was an illustrator for almost a decade i hate designing prints and then that was also the moment that I decided to start manufacturing, and I was very, very like, I don't know if you guys remember Hayden Harnett, the bag line. Mm-mm. Yeah. Tony, the woman who was uh, the designer, owner of that brand, was the loveliest lady, and her shop was right around the corner from In God We Trust, Three Point Store, and she said, "Let me introduce you. I think they might be able to help you get into production." So. And God We Trust has a sample room in the back and it's run by this woman named Annie, who is the loveliest woman in the world. I had no idea what I was doing, but Annie was very patient and sweet with me and basically like taught me the beginnings of like how to work, do manufacturing and be a, you know, properly draft patterns and do all these things. So if it weren't for God We Trust and Annie, there's no way I could have dove in with my current factory at that point. I would have had no idea what it's doing. Okay, so you're really humble about all this, but I just want to say that anytime that we're wearing anything by you, we get stopped on the street, literally, like, multiple times. So we kind of want to understand, like, how that whole look came to be inspired. Like, the jumpsuits, the pockets. It's literally based entirely on what you wear. I've always been so weird. I mean, if you look back to pictures probably 20 years ago, my style has not really changed. I've always really known been very very particular about the fit and like every little thing so it's just kind of a culmination of what do I want to wear this is what I want to wear okay let's make it like it's yeah nothing clings nothing is tight that probably comes down to my own body issues (laughs) (laughs) oh but it's so it's so interesting because it's so flattering like it's so flattering to the like silhouette because I'm so probably because I'm a relatively curvy girl myself so I think it helps that I'm the fit models so and I have like I have my own major body issues I've got fat thighs and I've got big boobs I'm not skinny so I want to like you know not I want to be conscious of those things so maybe that helps because I would never use my model as a fit model the model who does like the lookbooks mm-hmm. because you never see the flaws on her no no she'd look good in, uh, in a garbage bag do you, you know my clothes is not for models it's for like normal women human yeah <laughs> Now knowing more, you know, you've always been attracted to fashion. Um, do you feel like you can kind of cite where any of those influences came from? Like, for instance, your your textiles, some of them feel very retro. Um, I am such a child of the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think my fashion obsession really came of age in the 90s. I mean, I remember, like, I probably never even admitted this, but, like, we used to, you know, we'd get a concert to go see, like, Green Day or something or Foo Fighters. And more than, like, getting to see the band, I would spend, like, from the moment we purchased tickets from Ticketmaster to the moment of the show, I'd be playing my outfit. 
because that was like the be all the end all. We're seeing Beyonce tomorrow night, and that's like what I've been thinking about. I would spend like just freaking out about what to wear. Exactly, and like I just I just remember spending months like okay, I gotta find just the right army shorts at Goodwill. I got them to just the right length, and I just the right t-shirt. I would like steal my brother's undershirts, use writ dye and dye them, and then like put little applique like a. Patches on them. Amazing. Uh, patches all day. Also, I would I cut up every shirt. I was all about the Rit dye, and I used to pick my mom off because it trashes the washing machine. <laughs> Ideal. I know. I got banned from using any dye in my washing machine <laughs> after an incident as well. Was high school. But they were actually, they were, they, my, they really humored me. They were actually, in hindsight, very supportive of all my weird. Well, look what happened. I know. You're I know. Like this awesome fashion I don't, icon. Yeah, I think they're kind of shocked. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm shitting no, really, no. Talk to my mom. <laughs> she tells me every time I talk to her, I can't believe you really, like, you got your shit together. <laughs> you had said that you kind of use yourself as a fit model. And yes. um, for your line, as of now, you only design women's clothes. And is there any intention to ever go beyond that? Or is that all you could ever really imagine design for? I never say no to anything. But right now we are small. Like I said, going through some big growing pains. And, like, right now it's just keep it to the women's. Keep the collection tight. I mean, maybe maybe in a year or two when things are a little more open, but right now we are just like, we have to keep the focus tight. And honestly, men's clothes seem a little boring. I mean, it's the same thing over and over. And kids' clothes, eh. We just need to keep it simple. <laughs> keep it like, you know, there's, many, there's so many things I'd love to try, but... So, okay, yeah, so you, you did share that one thing you've, you've never given to the public before is this thing of needing to prepare outfits. Months or years like, in advance I was like a, a punk rock, like a grunge girl. Like, you don't admit that kind of thing. No, I mean, or you have, like, mad pride, which I do. But, like, my mom was like, can you wear anything that doesn't have a hole in it? Is that all I'm Yeah, my mom used to joke that my favorite jewelry store was Petco. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> colors. Oh, like, super I said my dad was really paranoid that somebody would grab the choke chain, so they used to, my dad would saw off the <laughs> yeah. hoops, and I'd have to close it with a, with a, uh, Safety pin oh <laughs> That's really so awesome. punk rock. But uh, yeah, with the safety pin, because like with the the choke chain bit sawed off. <laughs> so now I've got a couple awesome pieces of of data here. But what's like one awesome thing that no one knows about you? Mm. Well, in that vein, I am an ambidextrous bass player. Ooh, I can play right handed and left handed. Stop. I am very very rusty, but. Growing up, I played upright bass in orchestra. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, in, in orchestra, you can only play right-handed. But I am, like, so insanely dominantly left-handed that I just can't play right-handed instruments. But I played for seven years, and then when I got to college, I switched to right-handed, so now I can play both ways. Oh, my God. So you, they forced you to play with yeah. the right hand at yeah. that age. So now I'm, uh, you know, switch back and forth. rusty as hell, but I can, you know... Like, nobody please ask me to play. But, yeah, I can play. Do you want me to grab my upright bass from behind this couch? (laughs) It'll be terrifying. Live concert, part two. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So going back to your fashion line, where can our listeners find the Elena Cohn line? And are you retailing across the U.S.? We see you at a lot of stores in New York, but where else? All across the country, random stores around the world. We've got about around 90 accounts now just around all over the place. Mostly domestic, but we're working on that. We also kind of want to get, like, a glimpse into the future. Like, is the IK line, like, the end-all, be-all for you? Or, like, what's your five-year plan, ten-year plan? Five-year. It's funny, because we were looking at new studios this morning, and I got into this talk with this 
this guy in the garment district who, I guess he's like heavily into the business side. He's talking about like, you know, oh, no, no, no. These are all the things you need. You'll be like a $10 million business. And I'm just like, it's not really the point. I mean, yeah, I want to make a good living at this. And I want to like be able to offer all the bells and whistles for my employees, you know, employee, employees down the line. <laughs> like I'd like to offer health insurance and I want to make it a like, but at the end of the day, it's about getting to be creative and doing what we want to do, like making a good living. Yeah, but like I have no desire to be a $10 billion business. None. Because then it's just, eh. Just want to be a small business and enjoy what we're doing. Really, that's like, that's that's what it is. And make great products. Yeah, and I mean, I don't really have like a, an end game in sight. Like this is what we hope to achieve. But we're really happy doing what we're doing now. And we get to make the things we want to do and... We're, we're happy like you know it'd be nice to get to a point where like we can afford like the studio of our dreams and not have to like go and like look at studios and be like oh we can afford that <laughs> <laughs> this is cool but what about your own storefront ever one day we've actually been toying with that in the search for a new studio but we've decided that's too much responsibility and we don't want to deal with <laughs> it right enough. now that'd be many more employees right off the bat yeah, we, we kind of debated, like, thought about, considered looking for, like, a storefront slash studio, but now that my assistant, my amazing assistant, knows a lot about uh, how all this works, and I, you know, there's just so much more that is involved in a commercial storefront versus just a studio, and I am not, we have so much on our plate right now, we're barely, like, keeping our heads above water, that the idea of having people banging on our door all day, it just makes me want to shoot myself in the face. <laughs> not the immediate plan. All right, yeah, no, <laughs> not, not right away. Let's wrap it up. We ask every one of our ladies one final question, um, and that is, what do the words Lady Cave mean to you? The studio of my Lady Cave. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've been there. It is, like, the best Lady Cave. So uh, good. I am guessing Jed will never hear this, my boyfriend. So he's a little bit of a slob. So I've always just kind of given up on the fact that I'm going to have my dream apartment. Like, we're on the upswing. Like, things are better. We've moved recently, and it's nice. But, like, the studio is the place where I can... I'm naturally a very tidy person, where I can be tidy and have things the way I want them and not have him tell me, like, that the chair I want looks like some crazy Game of Thrones torture chair. <laughs> and so that's that's my lady cave. I love He's it. not allowed in there to make his mess and do his thing. Like, it's my space. Yeah. Awesome. Totally. Very sacred space. Beautiful. Amazing. Well, we... Boy-free zone. Boy-free zone. Jet-free zone. <laughs> Boy-free sounds great for Lady Cave. <laughs> I, well, I've been to your Lady Cave twice. Um, that could also sound weird out of context. But anyway, I've been to your Lady Cave twice <laughs> for sample sales and they are life-altering. And the first one I ever went to, I remember seeing Gabby Hoffman. And I don't know if you know her personally or you no, know your clients. No, it's funny you bring that up because my... I panicked. I couldn't talk, and I was in the corner naked changing because there's no stalls or That's anything. That's really funny you bring that up. Really? Why? Because I had no idea who she was. No. My friend, my my former studio mate, the girl who I originally got the studio with, was there, and she saw her, and she said, Oh, my God, is that Gabby Hoffman? I went, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and you know who she is now. I think. Was she in the Goonies? Maybe. She was in Now and Then. She, she might, might have been in the Goonies. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, like not, I'm not the best person to ask. Girls? She's, she's in Girls? She's My in parents were like, we didn't even, we never had cable growing up. Like, Okay, favorite contemporary TV show. I so love Game of Thrones. So good. Also, I just really want like the dragons to eat everybody.
There are not three things in my cart. I just asked you to pull up the site for reference and now you're just shopping. There's just so many jumpsuits and pants and uh, it's, everything. It's all so good. It's all so good. Well, we want to thank you for listening today and thanks to our amazing guest, Elena Cohn. You continue to inspire us and we are literally buying more invincible power jumpsuits right now as we record. And just so you know, the spelling of that is I-L-A-N-A-K-O-H-N.com. So go and find yourselves the magic of the jumpsuit. And if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at The Lady Cave Podcast. We're on Medium and Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you soon for next season. season. Oh my God. Oh my God. Thank you for joining us for season two. This has been way too much fun. And we we feel love very lucky. you. We love you. Bye.